It's official. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are asking America for another four years. If reelected, President Biden would be 86 at the end of his second term, by far the oldest president in American history. And that means a lot of attention will be focused on his running mate. So what do Democrats think of Kamala Harris? America Speaks sat down with 15 Democrats nationwide to ask them to evaluate the VP, her strengths, her weaknesses, her record, and whether they think she should someday occupy the most powerful position in the country. And then we'll hear what average everyday Democrats think of some of the other leading national Democrats, New Jersey Senator Cory Booker, California Governor Gavin Newsom, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg, and of course, Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders. I'm Frank Luntz, and welcome to a very special installment of America Speaks, courtesy of Straight Arrow News. So let's get right to it. Vice President Kamala Harris. Could you give me a word or phrase to describe Vice President Harris? Richard, you're up first. I think that she has, she's very cultured. She, she has a lot of different nationalities. I think she's a good representative of what the U.S. is. Crystal. She's been awfully quiet lately. I would like to hear more from her. Dinah. Nonchalant. Tracy. Um, I think she needs coaching to be more focused. Alexis. I think she she's tired. Um, she needs to um, be as um, excited for the her position as she was in the beginning. Stephanie. I feel like I don't know who she is, and I really want to know her better. Margaret. Too quiet and in the background. Hakian. I think her role has been diminished, and it might be deliberate. Tony. Invisible. Shana. I would echo Tony, invisible. Carly. Let's say confident and competent, but underutilized. And Jeffrey. I agree with Tracy. I think she needs to be more focused and she needs to uh, hunker down and deliver on her whatever her tasks are, whatever her uh, concentrations are. I want to separate the vice president's job performance from her communication and the politics of this all. Are you guys, she, her numbers aren't that good. Are you satisfied with what she's done and the responsibilities that she's been given? Anybody? Yeah, I am. I am. I think that even though she's quiet, um, vi all vice presidents are quiet. You know, Pence wasn't any different. Um, so I think that um, because she's a woman, she's black and she's younger, she, she might be able to break that ceiling that Clinton couldn't. I think that she got kind of sandbagged by, um, by getting saddled with some really, you know, heavy stuff, like, you know, being the border czar and all that stuff. I mean, who's going to win? How is that? How are you ever going to win, you know, having that job? So I think that she sort of was unfairly given some pretty weighty responsibilities. Um, so that was a little unfair. Oh, well, can I say she, I think she's just being underutilized right now. 
the the um the current the vice president's office is generally uh, does a lot of uh, foreign relations uh, things and uh, she's more focused she should be more focused where her her skills are which would be domestic policy she did step forward recently though on the abortion issue which i think we really needed her for that that was you know she was better positioned to do that than president biden and i think she's trying I'm a little worried that they only put her on the ticket because she's a, a woman of color and not because they actually even wanted her input. Uh, you know. I've been surprised about her performance when you see her on interviews. I mean, speeches, they're not written by her, they're written by uh, staff and it's cleared through the White House, but she's an incredibly intelligent woman, accomplished litigator, um, she's got a lot of gravitas. So again, I'm going to do this. I'm going to show you two videos because I want to keep this balanced. Let's take a look at a speech that she gave within the last few days, because I think you're going to have a very strong impact on you all. Let's, let's see that speech. To say that a democracy hears the cries, hears the pleas, who hears the demands of its people who say the children should be able to live and be safe and go to school and not be in fear. It wasn't about the three of these leaders. It was about who they were representing. It's about whose voices they were channeling. Understand that. And is that not what a democracy allows? Democracy says you don't silence the people. You do not stifle the people. You don't turn off their microphones when they are speaking about the importance of life and liberty. That is not what a democracy does. Okay, guys, go ahead. Very powerful and incredible. And that's what I meant by when I meant that she... Stay focused. Um, I think it was Crystal or someone else who said that she also, when she spoke out about abortion, she was very focused. She She's needs to speak back. out about those things. Yeah. I mean, it's Kamala Harris at her best. I feel like she has these moments, you know, every now and then she has the ability and the capacity to, you know, rise to the occasion. Um, but I think, yeah, recently in her role, she's been kind of in the background and quiet. That is the Kamala Harris that I expected to see. And the, they, the, the Biden administration didn't use her the way they should have, and they need to use her more effectively going forward. I'm gonna show you a second clip. She's not gonna have the same perspective. And then I'd like to get your reaction to this. This is uh, the vice president in a less positive light. Let's take a look. You haven't been to the border. I, and I haven't been to Europe. And I, I, mean, I don't I don't understand the point that you're making. And I'm being clear with you right now. Yes. Okay. And, and, and so if you're interested, I'll continue to be clear. There are a whole lot of people, especially people who live in rural communities, who don't. There's no Kinko's. There's no Office Max near them. It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. We are doing it. But should we have done it sooner? We are doing it. Doing what? <laughs> Shana, your reaction? I mean, it's politicians, just, it's, it's, she's, yeah. she's all talk and she, there's no 
there's nothing coming out of it. She's got failure to launch. But politicians are not demigods. I mean, they're gonna get defensive because they're always um, put down by the media and always want to get you a gotcha moment. So, you know, that for me, it doesn't bother me. It's okay. There's ups and downs to every person in doing their jobs. That's a classic example of a woman, I believe, being treated differently than a man. Had a man reacted that same way? I don't believe it even would have been an issue whatsoever. Exactly. Like when Trump would respond to some of these reporters, everyone was like, okay, you know, but now a woman speaks up and everyone's like, hey, how could you do that? You know what I mean? I'm still for her. I'm still for her. Kamala Harris is clearly liked, respected, and appreciated, but significant doubts and concerns about her role and performance as vice president remain. Next up on America Speaks, a powerful rank-and-file Democratic endorsement from New Jersey Senator Cory Booker, former Newark mayor and 2020 presidential candidate. Let's listen. A show of hands, who knows who Cory Booker is? Almost all of you. So I'm going to ask just for a few of you to tell me word or phrase to describe him to kick off this conversation. Jake? Uh, kind of friend I'd like to talk politics with. Akian? Charismatic. Tony? Easy to listen to. Shana? Uh, smart. Jeffrey? Intelligent and empathetic. Stephanie? Superhero. Margaret? Passionate and compassionate. Chuck? Authentic and tough. He didn't do so well in the last go around how well do you think he would do this time what do you like about him what do you not like about him let's give the american people a sense of what democratic primary voters think of cory booker any of you i know him pretty well because i grew up in new jersey and i've been following his career um the guy is incredible you know he came out of an ivy league college and could have gone to a law firm and made tons of money moved into the projects in newark to try to change the city ran for mayor fought against a tough and corrupt candidate lost and then won he's so tenacious he's so caring when he was mayor he always mentored young kids in in newark and helped turn the area around he i'm just so impressed by him shana I feel like he could definitely be the next president and then mentor the next generation after his two terms. Jake? Yeah, I think I've always loved his optimism and his solution-oriented way of looking at politics rather than just focusing on problems all the time. Jeffrey? Um, I wasn't a big supporter of him when he first ran, but um, his ex four years in the Senate, um, I think, has really rounded him out. I think he's, I'm, I'm definitely taken by his intelligence and his tenacity and his, his passion for people. And I think he's gained enough experience for me to kind of really seriously consider him. Okay, this is really positive. Do, do we have some negative evaluations of him? Um, I think, you know, I met him when he came out to um, campaign when he was running for president. He came out to New Mexico and I, he was a very um, great and motivational speaker. But I think he comes across a little bit glib, um, just a little. 
to hear people at all stations of life, African-Americans saying, I'm alive, but questioning for how long, slipping into the savage reality of despair for your life and your safety. To be black in America is to know that a, a, a misunderstanding, that an implicit racial bias, that a interaction that should be everyday and routine can become a moment where your life is turned upside down, where your body becomes broken or when you are killed. I wouldn't be surprised if he becomes the poet laureate in the future. Is that a compliment or an insult? It's a compliment. I think he's a very good speaker and he he uh, puts his emotions right there front and center. Tony? Uh, I always feel like I'm watching a preacher when he speaks. Is that good or bad? Um, it's both. Because that, that's going to resonate with a lot of people. It's also going to not resonate with a bunch of people. And does it resonate with you? Yes. Margaret? His speech just really resonated with me. I was a fan of Booker in the very beginning uh, when he ran in 2020. Um, I think he just got lost in the shuffle with there being... 24 different candidates running. Um, my partner is a black man and um, we have two children together and they are mixed. And I fear every single day for what he and what our children go through in this country. And that just resonated with me. Our voter panel overwhelmingly and passionately embrace and appreciate New Jersey Senator Cory Booker, suggesting a strong welcome should he want to increase his national profile. Now, like Booker, former Indiana Mayor Pete Buttigieg, the Secretary of Transportation in the Biden administration, also ran for president in 2020. And while most ordinary Democrats like him, the intensity of positivity is not nearly as strong. Let's listen in. So let's do the same question I ask of everyone. What a phrase to describe Pete Buttigieg. Jake, I'm going to start with you. Uh, a, a little uh, unknown. Hakian. Smart. Tony. Very smart. Smart. Shana. Integrity. Carly. Unknown. Jeffrey. Very smart. Chuck. Intelligent. Tully. Tully. Good at PR and uh, a lot of uh, beholden interests. Margaret. Extremely intelligent. Stephanie. Very smart and able to speak to both sides. Alexis. Honest. Tracy. Very smart and very collected. Dinah. Unknown. Crystal. Smart and savvy. Richard. Intelligent, but inexperienced. Like too green for president. What makes you think he's so smart and why does that matter so much to you? Hakian. He always comes off like he has such a great grasp of policy. So whatever issue he's talking about, he's able to effectively communicate and explain it in layman's terms uh, in a way that I think a lot of people can understand. Jake, your point of view on this? 
I think that he, when he, I have heard him speak, uh, he does come off as very intelligent and well-versed in all kinds of issues, but I just haven't heard him speak that much. And I think that most people outside of, uh, you know, people who are political junkies have no idea who he is. Stephanie. Yeah, I think he's, he's an intellectual. He, uh, you know, has a firm grasp of history. And like someone else said, he's really able to explain it to a lay audience, which I think makes him very effective when he goes on like Fox News and tries to present our side in a very measured, patient way. Crystal. Well, his, the degrees don't lie. I think that uh, his experience that he had in local government has, has helped him uh, really shine and um, but I agree, he's not, he's not very well known. And Chuck? I think that, as other people said, he has a, a good grasp of issues, but I think more than anything, he has the ability to sell the policies, which I've already said, I think the Democrats lack. So let's take a look at whether he does have that capability. We're talking about shovel-ready projects, and we're talking about shovel-worthy projects. It's not just about a, a, a little sugar boost to the American economy. It's about a decade's worth of work to expand the productive capacity of the United States and position us well to compete in the global economy for the rest of our lives. Okay. Those of you who said you didn't know much about him, you just saw him talking about infrastructure. Let's get some reactions here. From anybody. Very articulate. He seemed to know what he was talking about, and I felt uh, comfortable listening to him and confident that he might do something. He, he talked in a positive way, as opposed to that reporter asking him to put him on the defense. So basically, he's calm, he's well-spoken, and he reminds me a lot of Obama. But Obama spoke slower. <laughs> When it comes to elections, it's, you know, I really wish the, the population would just remember that we're hiring someone to do a job. We're not, it's not a popularity contest. We're evaluating the people, especially during the primaries, listening to them. And what I like about Buttigieg, um, I do think I would like to see him in government a little bit longer to get a broader perspective. But I, what I like about it is the way he's asked a question and the way he understands the question and then gives an answer shows his thoughtfulness. This is part of the interviewing process. I can trust his thought process. Next up, Bernie Sanders, older, more progressive, and more outspoken than President Biden. I wanted to know if he still occupied the hearts and minds of millions of Democrats. The answer, let's listen. It is wrong that the middle class for 40 years has been in decline. It is wrong that people have to work two or three jobs to survive. It is wrong that young people are leaving school $50,000 in debt. One word or phrase to describe Bernie Sanders. And Jeffrey, let's start with you. Awesome. Carly. Compassionate. Shana. Old. Tony. Consistent. Hakyan. Crabby. <laughs> I'm not supposed to laugh as the moderator, but I can't help it. Uh, Jake. The grandpa I wish I had. Richard. He wants utopia. Crystal. He's got the youth folks. Dinah. In touch. 
Tracy. Uh, correct about economic inequality. Alexis. Too old. Stephanie. He's like all my parents' fetchy friends rolled into one. <laughs> That's good. Uh, Margaret. Engaging to listen to, but old. Tully. I think uh, consistent and hopeful. No, he needs to find a younger version of himself. He needs to find mm -hmm. a socialist in the Senate that can do what he does, but is like 20 to 30 years younger. I mean, I feel like he's been grooming AOC though. Like I, I think totally. she's kind of one of his mentees. So I see them together a lot. Yeah. I just I don't think want AOC any more. Too young. I don't want any more septuagenarians. I, I mean, the the uh, the policies of the future are not going to be addressed by somebody who remembers the Dust Bowl. <laughs> Keep going. Bernie Bernie talks a lot, you know, one tenth of one percent. But he has what has he accomplished? You know, I just don't believe in his record. I think he talks a good game. What he says sounds good, but. Is he effective as a leader? I feel like I the, the, the larger thing he's accomplished is to just keep the dialogue about economic equality in the forefront. And I think that the only reason why the candidates in the last two presidential elections talked about economic equality is because he wouldn't shut up about it. I think a lot of people- he's more effective in the Senate and- Hold on, hold on, Tully, you've been- Tully, I feel, I feel I bad for you. You get <laughs> stepped on all the time. Go ahead. Okay, there's always latency. Um, I. I feel like uh, he he resonates well with younger people and he resonates well with younger people who crossed over to Trump. And I don't think a lot of people take that into account that a lot of the issues that he talks about are basically the left version of drain the swamp. You know, people that are worried about big tech, big pharma, big banking. There are Trump supporters that all care about those things. And they maybe even like Bernie Sanders a little bit. Some of them, they maybe have a little bit of respect for him, even though they don't respect any other Democratic candidate. And I think that's a... a Massive thing that people are under, underestimating. And I think Bernie would have won against Trump easily. He's yeah, I think the most budget. powerful thing about Bernie Sanders is that he, his messaging turns the conversation uh, between uh, from a, a, a one about race and what, uh, into one about class. And I think that that is a, a, a winning message in my mind. And our final candidate, California Governor Gavin Newsom. He may be popular in his home state, but he's clearly less well-known to a large segment of the Democratic electorate. Here's what they had to say. Okay, last okay. one. First, I gotta ask the question. Who knows Gavin Newsom enough to give me a word or phrase to describe him? One, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, what we're gonna do in this case is I'm gonna show you about 60 seconds of him, and then we're gonna have the conversation and if you still don't feel like you know enough, you just say so. But let's take a look at Gavin Newsom, the governor of California. I hear some saying, boy, the Democratic Party's really deviated. <laughs> I mean, give me a break. Look at the spectrum of what's happened in the Republican Party. This is extremists. I mean, extremists. Command and control, power, dominance, aggression. It's not the care, compassion, collaboration party coercing a 13-year-old raped by her father to come to terms with baby and then cutting child care programs and prenatal programs, cutting family planning, cutting after-school and preschool programs. What a farce. Governor Abbott sitting there talking about mental health 
yet he's cutting mental health budgets? They're hypocrites, frauds on these issues. What a phrase to describe Governor Gavin Newsom. Chuck, we'll start with you. Um, slick and powerful. Tully. Status quo of California for better or worse. Margaret. Blunt to the point and powerful. Stephanie. He's got cojones. Alexis. No nonsense. Tracy. Incisive. Dinah. Extreme. Crystal. He's strong and he's he's he wants to throw the elbow when Democrats normally do. Richard. He is powerful, compassionate, and for the people. Jake. Strong, but underlying uh, limousine liberal. Akian. Fighter that's not afraid to tell it like it is. Tony. Compassionate and ambitious. Carly. Uh, Open-minded and direct. Jeffrey. Super polished, and he looks like he came out of central casting. Well, I, I think, think that I think the the politics of California actually greatly mirror the politics of the country, and you can see where his popularity is with rural California, and it's not very good. Uh, and I, I think that wouldn't bear very well for his chances nationally either. I think he, like Nancy Pelosi, would be an easy person for the Republican Party to go. Oh, look, there's your California liberal, and then we would we would all in in the red states in Oklahoma we would all be cast as as California liberals. Margaret? That same view for Iowa. Um, Iowa's a very red state at the moment. So the minute he would be compared to Nancy Pelosi or any California um, Democrat, it, he would lose any chance in Tracy. my state. Yeah, Diane Feinstein, all of that. Yeah. Gracie? Um. You know, I, I think he would have a little more staying power, power than that. I think he's he's pretty smart. He's pretty well spoken. Um, he does have pretty uh, incredible hair, though. I've seen it close up. It's pretty, pretty amazing. Incredible hair, a great quality in the Hollywood actor, not quite as important in an American president. And that's all the time we have today. We will be back next week for another installment of America Speaks. On behalf of Straight Arrow News, I'm Dr. Frank Luntz. Thank you, and have a great day.